now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Dennis. And from... Well, formerly with AOPA, we got Tom Haynes helping us out as we navigate the latest aviation news and information today. All right, and it's been a while since we talked to Tom. We didn't connect at AirVenture because, well, he wasn't there. You know, first time in a few years I was able to go. And, uh, you know, Tom like, well, I'm, I'm not going. And uh, I, got, I got better things to do than to run into. There may be a cock. Cause and effect there. I'm not sure. I I, I think it's uh, there's no coincidence, Tom. And I, I, I don't blame you. I'm not uh, you know I'm not uh, being judgmental in that regard. I, I'd do the same thing if I was you. But uh, we missed you at the big event. I mean, you you know uh, they had cheese curd tacos and uh, they were. Oh no. Yeah. Had you have, have they had those in the past or was that a new thing? By the way, when uh, we went there, have you ever I heard think of that's an, I think that's a new thing. I'm yeah. I'm not familiar. Yeah, well, uh, a little shout out to Jimmy from Jimmy's World because he just released his Air Venture video, uh, I guess, last week, and he, he made reference to the cheese curd tacos, and that was because of Dennis and I, <laughs> because we, we were talking about the cheese curd tacos to Jimmy. He's like, dude, you got you got to try these things. They sound disgusting, but they're actually pretty good. So uh, add it to your list, Tom, or avoid right, them I will. if you uh, have any issues with high cholesterol, because I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be, uh, you know, a good health food choice in that regard. You think, Dennis? Well, the OG one even had bratwurst in it. So, I mean, well, you, that's you're right. getting, getting it from oh, all wow. directions. Yes, bratwurst and cheese curds. What could possibly go wrong? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, but but they were delicious. And uh, but, but Jimmy gave one or said, suggested that, uh, you know, one of the people who won a ride with Michael, what, Guliani? Is that was his Michael Gullian? Gullian, Michael Gullian. I should know this because yeah, I paid him twenty. He's your bucks close to, personal friend. That's right. Remember? I paid him twenty bucks to say that. And <laughs> anyway, but uh, but but he uh, Jimmy gave away a prize to ride with Mike uh, during the uh, during the air show and suggested uh, the cheese curd tacos <laughs> before she went up there and did the uh, aerobatics. And I think she yeah. was smart enough to realize that was a joke. But uh, yeah. that'd be a good test. I mean, you want to find out if you truly have an iron stomach? Uh, get a couple of those, uh, you know, in the old gullet and head up with a, you know, professional aerobatic uh, flyer like that. You've done that with Michael G. Uh, have you actually flown with him yourself, Tom? You probably have. Uh, I actually, I haven't. I, I know Michael well, and we've been friends for a long time, but I've never flown with him. So hmm. uh, that, that would be a, a good experience, although... Aerobatics and I don't always get along for the reasons that you've just been talking about. But, right. Um, the cheese curd tacos. So, yeah. Well, uh, it, you know, or something like that. Your mission, if you choose to accept it, is to gorge yourself on cheese curd tacos and go flying with him and then report back to us after the, the mess. And he never wants to talk to you ever again for <laughs> screwing up his airplane, right? Yeah. I will keep uh, keep that in mind. Okay. All right. Hey, maybe we just came up with a new weight loss strategy for pilots. You, you think? Uh, eat whatever you want and then go fly with an aerobatics pilot, and there you go. Hmm. Well, hmm. Uh, that's not really uh, 
that's not a wise choice. It's very amusing, though. It'd probably be Radio Gold <laughs> if we did the whole thing live on Just Plain Radio. So, I don't know. Maybe we will have we to We apologize in advance, right? Yeah, well, it, like, it wouldn't matter. Anyway, uh, he wasn't there, but you got a plan for next year, thanks to us. And we apologize for that, too, Tom. Hmm. But uh, but yeah, you went well, to, uh, instead, you went on vacation, or you went traveling to South Africa. Is that right? Yeah, I had a great trip to South Africa and Namibia, actually. It was a lot of fun. And and the, the coolest thing is I got to do a little bit of flying in Namibia. So I've got another country that I can uh, check check the, in the logbook there because I did a sightseeing flight in a Cessna 210 uh, off the coast of Namibia. Namibia and uh, the pilot let me fly a little bit. So um, wow. it was it was funny. He was a fairly young guy who was, you know, worked for this uh, company doing uh, sightseeing flights. And uh, so... It it became known that I was a pilot mm-hmm. um, because you know how quickly that happens when you have a pilot in the room that it, it always comes out fairly quickly. So anyhow, then he began asking me about my background and ratings and all that sort of thing, and I you know I kind of doled them out and <laughs> and then it's pretty like, soon I'm kind of a big deal. You know? Kind of kind of sheepish about the <laughs> like, fact that you know he's just now crossing fifteen hundred hours. Yeah. Um, so so, but good on him. He did a great job, and, but he was very very generous and allowed me to fly for for a while, which was a lot of fun. So it was okay. good. Well, so I don't, with, I don't even know where is. Uh, all right, what what is where is Mibia? Is that what it is? Mibia? Namibia? Nibia Namibia? Namibia or Mibia? Namibia. Namibia. Okay. Is uh, just east, um, uh, just west of South Africa. So way okay. in the southern tip of South Africa, um, and it's uh, got a long coastline, mostly desert. If you ever heard of the Skeleton Coast, that's kind of in the northern part of the country on the coast, mm-hmm. and then from where I was, which was kind of central part of the comp- uh, country. Uh, on the coast um, was these amazing sand dunes. Oh my gosh! We went driving on the sand dunes one day hmm. in a uh, in a in a Defender Land Rover Defender, an old one, and we were going like almost vertical climbing up these sand dunes. It was pretty awesome. Sweet. It uh, was just a, an experience like I've never had before, and so that that was actually one of the one of the highlights of the. The trip for me, in addition to doing the flying, was getting to drive on the sand dunes. And then the wind comes along and just is continually reshaping the dunes. So you make all these tracks on the dunes, um, and then like within an hour, they're gone. It's like you were never there. Hmm. Pretty pretty neat. Wow. Okay. So, But when you're flying, you're seeing the sand dunes and what, yeah. elephants and all kinds of wildlife and stuff, or what? Well, um, we were seeing the sand dunes for sure. We, yeah. we, we saw lots of birds and we saw some, um, African dogs along the beach, a lot of seals and some, uh, flamingos. We didn't, from that part of the South, Southern Africa, we didn't see any elephants or any of the big game. We did see that in South Africa when we were over there. Uh, we went to a game lodge, um, called up in, uh, a national park called Matakaway and, uh, we saw, uh, all kinds of critters over over there, elephants, zebras, and li- uh, lions, and um, tigers and bears. Well, no, well, no bears. No, 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 no none bears, of those no critters because they don't they don't live there. That's right. But um, uh, anyhow, we saw all kinds of game. So it was it was a pretty awesome trip. We yeah. had a great time. Sounds like a bucket list kind of adventure. So now I guess yeah. I, I can understand why you probably put that above going to air venture this year for you. Wanted to yeah, try something good. different, right? 
Yeah, I've actually been to South Africa before, but never to Namibia. And, I, and this trip, I had my daughter with me because my wife had already been there. And when this opportunity came up, she said, why don't you take uh, my daughter, Lauren? So my daughter's 30. And so I get to spend time two weeks with her, which is, you know, when your kids get to be that age, you don't get to often spend quality time with them like that and get right. to experience new things, just kind of the two of us. Um, so that was a kind of a neat part of the trip, too, was to, to get a chance to spend time with her and experience new things with her that uh, we haven't gotten to do in a while I so bet. That, was, that was cool now when yeah. you uh chartered that uh flight that it was a 206 you said right 210 210 i'm sorry 210 yeah. so you i mean was it kind of like a you know uh, a rustic kind of atmosphere where you were doing this or was it a you know like an international airport where you know you don't have any concerns because it's all modern and new and stuff like that or is it really like you're out in the middle of nowhere kind of deal what do you think? Well, it, uh, it, this, this town, we were kind of at a beach town, yeah. um, uh, Swak, Swamp, something like that is how you pronounce it. Bless you. And it's, it is, uh, <laughs> so there's no commercial flights, no airline flights in and out of there. Okay. A lot of general aviation activity, a lot of, fl- uh, several flight schools. It was a busy, you know, happening sort of airport, but yeah. it was a, it was a packed dirt runway, which was mm. amazingly smooth and really long. And, um, but, you know, if, if you didn't know any better, you would think that's what runways were because it was just like a paved runway, but it was dirt. Um, so that was an unusual experience to, to see such a long and well-maintained dirt runway. Uh, but these guys operated it out of it. No big deal. It was yeah. uh, just ev- everyday thing for them. Well, exactly. Uh, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They don't have, you know, paved runways and things like that. But they got the skills to get you around the country uh, safely and to uh, check something off the uh, the bucket list. Sounds pretty cool. All right. We got more with Tom Haynes and more, uh, you know, aviation news and information next on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to JustPlaneRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. 
a state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons flight training professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Colonel, with all due respect, that new jet is a death trap. It's the 1950s. Everything's a death trap. Now have three martinis, a pack of smokes, and get in that plane. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. And uh, formerly with AOPA and then just an all-around great aviation guy. Tom Haynes with us right now. And uh, Tom, I don't know if you're going to participate in this, but I, I got the press release. And this is big news. St. Martin, California Airport's having a food truck fly-in October 21st. You hear about this? I didn't even know we got past the flying cars thing. And we already got... Uh, we got food trucks flying in uh, to an airport. That's kind of a new thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I just love the headline of that. I'm sorry. I'm easily amused. Yeah. 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 I, I hear you. I saw that too. And that's uh, uh, actually impressive if they're actually flying in the food trucks. I mean, right. My guess is that's not how it's going to play out, but it could happen that way. Yeah. Well, hey, we got the Air Force comes in with a C-17. You drive the yeah. Arcadia taco truck right in the back and play it. To, <laughs> I, it'd you be know, awesome. I thought it was like yeah. a, I, I, uh, for a second, I was like, is this like a Burning Man thing or something? What's a food truck flying? I, I mean, it could be, that could be a thing. That could be a well, thing. Well, I think Burning Man, they're going to need float planes this year after Hillary kind of uh, uh, flooded the desert up there. The the lake was underwater still, well, I think. I mean, there's that. Yeah. They might have to do something that we can combine these events. But yeah, my guess is it was just some uh, bad editing on somebody's fault. The <laughs> uh, yeah, food truck flying f- scheduled for October twenty of the Oxford, but comment. it got our attention. Mm. So hey, they got uh, got the attention they uh, they needed. So there you go, uh, plan accordingly. But if you're expecting to see the trucks with the wings on them or whatever, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's that. There's a couple other events uh, coming in. You're you're going to be part of uh, what this AOPA? What is it? Uh, the event yeah. again? Called? Aviator Showcase. The Showcase, AVA, right? Aviator Showcase. Yeah. So, so that is going to happen when? That's uh, that is September eighth and ninth. Okay. And um, it's in Frederick, Maryland, where uh, AOPA is headquartered, actually. And I, I'm going to be there um, a little bit Friday afternoon, a few minutes on Saturday. Then I have to leave actually Saturday for a trip uh, in the Bonanza. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it should be, it should be a good time. There's going to be a number of aircraft, I think 20, some, um, new aircraft on display, a few used airplanes, some, um, seminars, some other exhibitors inside a hangar. And it's just, uh, basically essentially one or one and a half day kind of event, um, small 
kind of uh, not not exactly even a fly-in. It's really uh, some people can fly in, some will, of course, uh-huh. and they're welcome to. But it's uh, just kind of a regional event that AOPA has uh, been putting on. A couple of those around the country in the last few years. So you're going to be there, what, shaking babies, kissing hands, that kind of thing. Yeah, just, that uh, sort of thing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, food trucks probably be there. I don't. Know. Yeah, exactly. They will have food trucks. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So none of them flying in, as far as I know. But well, again, it could change. Now you you have something you could throw there to the committee. Say, hey, we got this idea. And then they'll uh, tell you to head for the door. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah, uh, that'd be cool if you want to meet Tom Haynes and uh, share an aviation story or two. Now you know where he's going to be and you can uh, stock him accordingly. But, but you know, <laughs> he, he likes that kind of thing. It's, it's, and it's a, it's a treat to have a conversation with Tom like we do here on Just Plain Radio periodically. Now, uh, uh, some other news going on as well is... There was a, uh, I guess a report came out on how the industry is doing overall with sales. And the headline that I caught uh, was something that business sales of uh, business aircraft, like jets and things, have softened a little bit. But you're, you were telling me uh, during the commercial break that actually, uh, overall, the industry is even is doing beer uh, much much better. That that's kind of like a, I don't know, like one small caveat, or maybe there's something mm-hmm. else going on. What what do you think? Yeah, well, the General Aviation Manufacturers Association, which is the organization that represents well manufacturers of aircraft and among others, among other parts of the of the industry, mm-hmm. um, put out, puts out a report four times a year on a quarterly basis, and they just came out with their first half of a 2023 report this week. And so you're right. Business jets uh, were up only 2.4 percent, so a little little bit uh, soft. But hey, it wasn't a negative. But right. the other categories were up double digits. All of them: piston huh. airplanes, turboprops, uh, piston helicopters were up. You know, 28.7 percent. Turbine helicopters up 30 percent. Um, so significant growth uh, among most of the categories compared to same period of 2022, which in in and of itself wasn't a bad year. Yeah. So um, I think it's it really bodes well for what's happening in the general aviation space. And I think it's certainly good for the economy um, that the people are out there buying new aircraft, uh, major purchases for the most part, and, and, and um, certainly uh, durable products, if you will, many of the lasting decades. So I think it, it, it says um, good things for what's happening in the general aviation space. In the uh, longer term, you know, outlook, uh, kind of thing because I know you talk to those folks all the time, and you're always looking at those kind of numbers. I mean, was that expected, or were they expecting to see a little bit more softening uh, at this point? You know, say like six months ago, or or what do you think the trend has been uh, as far as predictions and things like that from the industry insiders? I think most people were predicting it to to not be that strong. Yeah. Uh, we also the, the Aircraft Electronics Association puts out a, uh, a quarterly report as well about the m- number of the value of avionics sold, and that came out a couple of weeks ago, and it was a record for the quarter, hmm. record number of sales. Um, and so people are investing in their airplanes, and I think that it it is stronger than most people predicted. Uh, you know, generally the economy was expected to do rather poorly this year, right? Um, and particularly in the second half or the kind of the middle part of the year where we are. And overall, the economy I think has outperformed the expectations that people had for it six months ago. Yeah, and we and aviation uh, is usually the first segment of the economy to reflect any negativity because mo- for the most part. Um, 
buying an airplane is an optional sort of purchase, right? So you only purchase an airplane when you're feeling pretty good about how things are going and you've got some excess cash. And so the fact that the numbers are as strong as they are suggests that people are feeling maybe better about the economy than a lot of economists think that they are right? Uh, or what they're saying. So um, generally, I think it's it's a good signal because aviation is usually the, the, the last one to uh, improve and the first one to go down when things are not so going economic, going so well economically. True. Well, and you know, Air Venture. I mean, they broke uh, attendance records. You know, we kind of saw yep. that going in. They were, you know, seeing uh, you know, the ticket sales the way they were, and they were, you know, uh, encouraged by what they were seeing. And sure enough, they broke a record. Almost had like seven hundred thousand people over the over the event, and uh, which was a new record, I guess, for the for the you know, the World Series of Aviation or whatever you want to call it, Super Bowl of Aviation or the Woodstock of Aviation. They got so many different names. It's nuts. <laughs> but uh, but it's good. I mean, I'll take the win. I mean, we don't want bad news. I mean, we want everybody to grow and get bigger, and, and hopefully it'll continue on that trend. So, uh, I mean, that's what we're seeing right now. So take advantage of it, and hopefully that means more products for you and me to buy. And, you know, I got to still finagle a free plane. You know anyone, Tom? I haven't come across that yet. Okay. I'm going to keep dreaming. More coming up. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. How do they get all that metal up in the air? It makes no sense. It also doesn't make any sense how much you're sweating. Ha! He thinks we're all going to die. This guy. If the plane doesn't kill you, I will. Looks like it's time for someone to take their sleepy pill. You're going to be okay. You got to fly, got to fly away. No need to be afraid. Just got to fly, got to fly away. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis. And uh, formerly with AOPA and just an all-around great guy, Tom Haynes, helping us navigate the latest aviation news and information and just talk about some pretty cool stuff. He just got back from South Africa and uh, did some uh, flying out in the bush. Uh, Nibia. Namibia. Is that, am I saying? Namibia. That's what I said. Yes. So it's uh, on the west coast of South Africa, right, uh, Tom? 
I got that much right. Yes, that's okay. correct. You got that right. But it's out there. It's a you know you're you know dirt runways. I mean, I got the picture in my mind. I've seen the videos. You're flying out there in the the wilderness, pretty much, right? And there's not a whole lot of civilization. That's why you go to see the wildlife and stuff. Is that it? You think? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, you know kind of being really out there on the edge. It's it's uh, particularly Namibia is part of the Kalahari Desert. Uh, one of the largest deserts on the planet, and uh, it's a pretty remote place in uh, certainly parts of the country. I mean, uh, the the town of Vindok, which is the capital, is you know a very nice city, and and the place where you're we staying on the coast is a nice resort town. But you don't have to go far out of town, and and you are in the middle of nowhere. Right. So, well, which uh, makes uh, like general aviation the way to go if you if you have the luxury to do so. I would assume, right? Going yeah, and it's it's really. Interesting to see how they use airplanes in places like South Africa and Namibia, and it's uh, you know a bit more of a way of life, uh, something closer to Alaska, I would say, for us. You know, we're right. not a, not a great road infrastructure, and you need to move people, gear, equipment, all kinds of of things regarding um, you know, in the, in the case of South Africa and the animals, trying to protect the animals, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, GA is uh, very vibrant there, you know, and but it takes a lot of specialty equipment. You know, your your average, um, you know, Mooney, for example, may not be quite as at home in some of these runways as is something like a Cessna 185 or a 206 or something right. like that. Well, or you were flying in, in a 210. What's the difference between uh, a 206 and a a 210? Just four? About four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, what what is the difference for real? Well, the, uh, the 206 is fixed gear, and most 210s, uh, except for the very early ones, were retractable gear. Mm, okay. um, and the fuselage is, is is different. The door the doors are different. The 206 has uh, like double aft doors on on the right sides, a little bit like an A36 Bonanza. So it's easy to load cargo in and out of it. Uh, where a, a 210 um, just has uh, well, really typically one door and plus the baggage compartment door. Mm. So access is a little bit different. Um, and uh, 210s, depending on which model, don't usually have struts. The early ones did, but the 206s all have struts and fixed gear, landing gear, that sort of thing. 206 is a little more rugged airplane right. uh, for getting in and out of uh, rough strips. Yeah, but being, being that you would have the retractable gear, the 210 might go a little faster. Have a little bit more definitely. Juice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a good, really good traveling airplane, competitive with an A thirty six Bonanza. If you know anything about ah. Bonanzas, so from a performance standpoint, it's kind of in that neighborhood where the two hundred six is slower, but it's uh, it hauls more and is really good in off airport. Yeah, uh, but you don't think uh, Dennis's uh, uh, Mooney would uh, do too well in South Africa? There, you know, it'd be a little rough on it with those. Uh, run- well, you said the the dirt runways were really smooth. I mean, Dennis? Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, there's some good uh, – I've been in several uh, pretty remote runways that are actually in great shape in South Africa. So uh, Mooney could probably get in and out of okay. And I know a guy in, in South Africa who has a Mooney, yeah. so it's not like they're not there. Huh. But they're they're more like the Porsches of the sky, right, Dennis? That's a, that's yeah, what he wants me to say. Very much a sports car yeah. traveling airplane, not a backcountry off Land Rover type of yeah, aircraft. You're not going to land on a sand dune with the Mooney. So the 206 <laughs> would be a good uh, option because uh, of the fixed wing, uh, too. I would like having that if I was out in the bush flying. Or you want to go bigger, it'd be like this would be like Kodiak country, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or like Grand yeah, Caravan type thing. Yeah. Yeah, Caravans, Kodiaks, uh, when you get into sort of the next next level up for uh, transporting more people and gear, it would, would yeah, lots of uh, Kodiaks and, two, uh, and Caravans flying around, uh, particularly in, in South Africa. They move 
people to the lodges, the re- really remote lodges, the, many of which have their own uh, strips. Yeah. They, they move guests in and out a lot with caravans and Kodiaks. So, uh, but did you see a few or no? Or just, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There are plenty. We, what do you think? Did. What do you think, Dennis? Well, you could go the other end of the spectrum as well into something like an air cam, you know, the home-built twin-engine uh that oh, the open air type designed, deal. The, yeah, yeah. That was purpose designed for missions in Africa because with the twin engine, you had the reliability when you're right, you know, flying out over um, hostile territory, waters, <laughs> the bush. <laughs> uh, but it was also yeah. designed to run off of, you know, very austere landing areas. You don't need much. It's a tail dragger. It lands slow. You could put it down on a sand dune probably and, you know, still be able to get back out. Yeah. See, I, I yeah. watched Naked and Afraid, so I think I have a pretty good idea of what, what it's like uh, in that part of the world and how but, I would not want to be naked or on the ground. I'd want to be in the plane the whole time. Uh, besides, uh, uh, yeah. You know, but besides uh, traveling to and from the lodges, I mean, is there a, a desire or a demand out there for, you know, anti-poaching and, and other types sure. of things with their wildlife? Do they have a problem yeah. with that like they do in other areas of Africa? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and that's, that's a very big deal. And they use drones to a certain extent. But it's, uh, heretofore, the drones, you know, they just for um, sort of autonomous use to just put send them out on a search grid or something, they just don't have the endurance that you know most of the air, regular airplanes have. So they're still using right. airplanes a lot for that. And you're right, uh, Dennis, you know, something like an air cam is, was designed for that sort of surveillance work and for photography purposes. So it would be a good choice for uh, going out on those kind of patrol missions and surveillance looking for poaching and and evidence of poaching and that sort of thing yeah when you went uh, up in the uh, 210 though where were you uh, on a mission to find a particular type of critter and i I assume you were taking pictures from the uh, aircraft as well right or what yeah that was basically just a a sightseeing flight uh, Mm -hmm. that had been arranged for us and um so we just went along the coast of namibia um, north and south of this resort town, and then also out over the dunes. They the the desert is unbelievable there with with the dunes on it, and uh, so yeah, that was really just kind of sightseeing. We didn't really see a lot of uh, critters other than flamingos and some African dogs. Yeah, yeah how hot? And I, I mean that affects your takeoff and and uh, performance and stuff. And you're in the desert. Is it like flying in Vegas or something right now? Like in the summer? Well, of course, well, it's their winter. Oh, So uh, we had really pretty comfortable temperatures there. When we were in South Africa, it was actually quite chilly. We were, you know, had uh, morning temperatures in the 30s. Wow. But it would warm up into the, you know, 50s and 60s during the day. And then in Namibia, uh, closer to the desert, it was uh, was cool in the mornings, but uh, it warmed up, you know, into the 70s during the day. It was actually quite comfortable. It's a good time of year to be there because you're right. You don't want to be there in their summer, which is December, January, when it gets really hot there. Yeah, and I would imagine in a, a place like that, there's probably plenty of flat land that you could land uh, in an emergency. Is that right or no? Or uh, well, again, it varies. The terrain varies a lot. They have it some does. pretty high mountains. Okay. and Get them and sand dunes places, constantly changing yep. on you. <laughs> right, and then the flat areas often have a lot of brush mm. and scrubby, scrubby kind of brush on them and that sort of thing. So, okay. it's, uh, so the answer is no. You know, you, <laughs> You might survive that, but it wouldn't be pretty. Right. And then, you know, the thing is, uh, South Africa, you uh, land in a, you know, like, oh, I made it. And then you got to deal with crocodiles and 
God knows what else. What else could kill you? That's right. It sounds like Florida. Hi, hi, hyenas. Hyenas. Uh, yes. Right. Ah, uh, yeah. The lion you park King. your airplane and <laughs> airplanes come rubbing, or elephants come rubbing up against your airplane in the middle of the night and that, destroy that, it no, and that sort of things. I, I hate when that happens. Uh, I go back to naked and afraid. It's all about Explain the that one to your insurance company. Right. Yeah, right. Yes. It was an elephant, I swear. Okay. All right. More with uh, Tom Haynes next. On Just Plain Radio. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. With Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? How'd you guess? Uh, I saw your luggage. And when I noticed the airline ticket, I put two and two together. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, along with Captain Dennis, and formerly from AOPA, Tom Haynes, re- kind of semi-retired, but uh, we're making him work more probably than he did when he was working for AOPA on Just Plane Radio, at least today, and we appreciate uh, the effort there, Tom. Someone has to do some good amongst this crew, and I speak for myself, and eh, kind of for Dennis. He's he's he just He just takes it. Right, Dennis? Do I have a choice? No, you don't. Uh, yeah. But you do have a story that we have to navigate through. And this, uh, w- w- what paper published this? Where was this? Well, it's actually out of a number of, uh, pre- it's basically a nationwide headline article going on. Uh, the FAA is currently investigating about 5,000 pilots that are, are former military for possibly not disclosing medical or psychiatric treatment that they may or may not have received through the Veterans Administration. Okay. Uh, so they're looking at, you know, 4,800 former military pilots who are now flying for air carriers. And they've actually pulled the certificates of at least 60 of them right now because they were apparently were being treated or had diagnoses or something that were not being disclosed to the FAA, which made them invalid for a medical. Uh-oh. So, yeah, you got to be uh, straight with them. Uh, but some of the things that they do, they're so behind the times and, you know, I mean, does it go into specifics? Like, uh, what, what are some of the issues? I mean, cause we don't need to be pulling any commercial pilots out of circulation right now. They need yeah, absolutely more. Absolutely not. And you know, the problem is, and I'm sure Tom will back us up on this is the FAA is really backwards on their, their handling of mental health issues. You know, pilots really fear saying anything uh, other than no i'm fine because if they do they risk being grounded and subjected to you know potentially decades of repetitive uh examinations and testing that the average psychiatrist would go this is not necessary but the right. faa doesn't want to take a chance well and we're not seeing are, are we seeing any kind of uptick in psychological issues with commercial pilots these days 
Tom, I haven't heard of anything. Have you? Uh, no, we really haven't. And, yeah. and interestingly, this this article, and it really started with a Washington Post article from this past weekend, um, which was sort of an expose on this on the on the subject, which actually goes back about a decade because the FAA actually did some initial investigation of this with the Veterans Administration about a decade ago and uncovered some areas where pilots had claimed to the Veterans Administration, uh, military pilots that uh, that they had. PTSD or some other issues in, in, to, in order to get um, some uh, disability payments from ah, the government. Right. And, the, and then they go apply at the airlines and they don't bother noting on their FAA medicals that, that they have claimed to have these medical or this mental health issues or, or any other issues and that they're getting uh, disability payments for. So they get hired by the airline. So they're basically double dipping mm. without um, being honest about their their uh, medical issues right. so that that's where it started the FAA and the and the veterans administration ran um the their databases against one another uncovered this some of this about a decade ago and and they uh, lifted the certificates of some pilots back then it's kind of resurfaced lately with this washington post article because the FAA really hasn't done a great job of sort of following up with it with the veterans administration to prevent this kind of thing from happening again so but there really are a lot of issues it's very complex as dennis suggested the the FAA is is really pretty backward, although somewhat improving. I will give them a little bit of credit. They are starting to to modernize their mental their approach to mental health issues, but they've got a long ways to go. And so, but they really put pilots in a bad position and make it you know so that it's pretty easy for them to not be truthful. It gives them a lot of reason to not be truthful right. about mental health issues when they're filling out their FAA medical exam forms. Um, and so the FAA is now realizing this and is starting to crack down on it. But pilots wouldn't be in that position if the FAA wasn't so backward about uh, about mental health issues. And so to answer your question, this article says that some 9.2%, I think was the number of accidents, are somehow related to um, medical issues, which is not the case at all. Um, it's more like 2%. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it is not a huge problem. It's it's a tiny percent of, of accidents in general that re- related to medical and a much smaller version of a number than that that's related to mental health issues. Right. So um, it's, it's somewhat making a, a big deal about not much, but on the other hand, pilots you know, really need to be honest with the FAA, but it, the FAA ought to be more understanding of mental health issues. So it's a very complex issue that um, needs to be solved, but I don't think the FAA is going to come completely around on the sort of mental health issues anytime soon. They seem to be really slow about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I remember when my uh, AME, uh, you know, Dr. Bush, and we were talking about my uh, open heart special issuance. He goes, oh, you've had open heart surgery. You're, you're not one of those guys with, that had psychiatric uh, treatment. Uh, you, you seem a little nuts, but you don't have anything you know, <laughs> but you're out not there. you treated for it. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're going to be easy. You're very straightforward because if you, if you have any of the mental things going on or you've seen a psychiatrist or whatever, you know, have some you know, PTSD things, I, he said that was like a huge red flag. The FAA needs to get uh, up to speed on that because you don't want to set up an environment where you're encouraging pilots 
not to get help if they're having issues, even though right. it is a very small percentage. <laughs> but like, that's the culture that we have. Yeah. So, you know, I, and, and is there any way to kind of, uh, you know, fast forward that track or, or do you know, Tom, has AOPA been at the forefront of that a little bit too, like pushing the FAA, like, hey, you got to get on this or what? Yeah, absolutely. AOPA has been very involved in encouraging the FAA to modernize their thinking and um, and bring in mental health experts who actually understand it better than some of the FAA docs do and, and to sort of change their policies. I mean, really, so the question is, like, regarding depression, for example, mm-hmm. you know, would you rather have a pilot who will not admit that they have depression problems and therefore is not getting treatment flying you on the airlines? Or would you rather have a pilot who has admitted that maybe they've got some depression issues is getting treatment for it, perhaps um, even with some of the modern SSRI drugs, which have very few side effects and are helpful to people in that situation? Would you rather have them treated and flying you on the airline or which, you know, uh, which would you rather yeah. have? The latter. I'd rather so. <laughs> well, you don't, yeah. or well, you don't want to. Maybe, maybe would right. rather not know, but but I think I would rather have the guy who's getting treatment and yes. is doing pretty well, as opposed to the guy who is not getting treated and you know refuses to because he thinks he may lose a certificate. He's self-medicating um, with liquor after every flight. Well, you know? yeah, there he's you taking go. those feelings yeah. and burying them deep, deep down, so they just mm-hmm. pop out at the you know least opportune moment. You know, you know that those are the you know worst case scenario things that you don't want to see. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, you want people to get the help, and you, you don't want to put those roadblocks in front of that uh, as well. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a problematic thing. But I don't know how you even, you know, set the bar for that kind of stuff either. I mean, I guess that's probably the difficult side for FAA to, uh, you know, decide. You think it's, it's not just the drugs. It's like, okay, what kind of mental issue is it? Is it? It's very subjective, I guess, isn't it, Tom? Or what do you think? Yeah, I mean, but there are screening uh, devices out there, systems that can be used to, to predict that. I mean, it's really troubling for young people. You know, we desperately need pilots. Um, right. And the Aero- Boeing is saying we need 649,000 pilots over the next 20 years. Mm. And and so young people trying to get into aviation are struggling because some of them, uh, not an insignificant number of them at some point in their childhood may have been diagnosed with ADHD or something like that, for example, right. and may have received um, medication for that. And as they as they mature and grow into adults, many of them get past that and they learn to control those kind of things without medication. But because at some point in their past, they took medication for ADHD, it has to be declared on their medical. Right. And the FAA then is going to require, I'm told, easily $10,000 worth of testing to uh, to be able to understand whether or not they truly need that medication anymore and who's got $10,000 laying around they don't know what to do with. And we just lost a good potential pilot because of it. We don't want that. Well, uh, we're going to have to wrap it up on that note. Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning to than fly. Learning to fly. Just Plain Radio is brought to you by JustPlainRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plain Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlainRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plain Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plain Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlainRadio.com. 